Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo go back and forth, looking at new movies, trying to expand horizons. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but it's always fun here at the Film Club. Boo, how are you? I'm doing good, Dean, and I know it's your pick this week, so I know you're probably doing great. It is. You've been wanting me to watch this for years. I don't know if I've wanted you to watch this for years. This is not in the huge list of films I pressure you to watch at all times but it, it, it i've mentioned it a few times because it's a big list that he pressures me to watch so it's true it's true i got a lot of movies i think you should watch but he was pretty excited to tell me that i was going to be watching this this week i was <laughs> and why don't you tell everybody what we're doing this week this week we're going to be finishing off our accidental irish theme month because of saint patrick's day go irish go I- yeah uh is watching uh gangs in new york uh, Martin Scorsese's 2002 film, it was nominated for like 10 Oscars. It's the first film he directed that had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio collaborating. It was his historical opera. It, yeah, his historical epic opera thing. Um, it was another one of the films that he had kicking around in his head for like 20 years before he got a chance to make it. Maybe oh, more. Yeah. Th- this thing was around for a very long time. So I guess it was, you know, finally that sigh of relief for him once it finally got filmed and it was out there. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about how it originated and all those fun facts later on in the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, so, you know, Gangs of New York, Martin Scorsese. I'm a huge fan of Martin Scorsese. I think he he has never made a bad film. I think every film he's made is great. And how can you resist a young Leo DiCaprio? I mean, I you were telling me like you you started getting real angry at leo when the movie hit it's like you know 15 hour mark and you're like it's not over why isn't it over well i wasn't mad at leo i was just like my god how long is this movie we just keep going and going i felt like i was at the five points in this movie i was just like it's great it gets you into the into the world but yeah that's probably the first thing people should know is the movie is very long it's well I, I say very long, but it's like, I, I can watch three-hour movies and be pretty okay. So can I, but there's some movies that... You, you feel know, them? Yeah. I very much felt that this was a three-hour movie. And, you know, finding out that originally it was almost a four-hour movie, I was like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, it would have taken me like a week to finish this because it was just so long of a movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Gangs of New York. So, boo, as is, as is tradition, uh, this is my pick. This. You you watched it uh, for the first time, I believe. For the very first time. I've seen clips of it before, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really sure about what, what was going on in the story. I gotcha. Just, you know, based off the couple clips I'd seen. And, you know, it's an interesting story. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just really long of a movie. Uh, performances were great. I hated Daniel Day-Lewis's character in this movie. Oh, uh, William Butcher? The, the Butcher, yes. Yeah, I William mean, the Butcher I, cutting. Because I love Daniel Day-Lewis. I love that he's so method and he really gets uh-huh. into his roles and he gives it his all. But I was just like, I hated the Butcher. I was just so pissed off at it's him. so good. But it's like, you know, that's how you know a movie's good when... You know, your characters... You, you forget the actor and you just start hating the character. Yeah, they, they get a reaction out of you. So, yeah. But, um, but as is tradition, this is my pick, so... When was the first start... time... When was the first time there you, you saw this movie? She gets to ask all the questions. First time I saw this movie was on Spike TV 
that's how long ago this was when spike tv became a thing like the ufc was yeah. still being played on the ufc or the ufc was still being played on spike tv that's how long ago this was and it was like on there for some reason like it, they were just showing like a movie or whatever and it, it was been on like, there so it was it could have been like 4th of July weekend maybe sometimes they like sometimes they show this movie for like holiday weekends yeah so th- i probably saw this in like 2004 5 something like that okay so not too long after this movie debuted yeah not not that much longer and i've seen it probably a, like a handful of times after that the movie is it's, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Scorsese films, but it's up there. I very much enjoy the film. It's also a very interesting film to watch because there's some, some editing choices in the fight scenes that are, yeah, are, you can tell are covering up some people's, um, stunt acting. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed it. But yeah. The, so yeah, there you go. There's, there's the movie. Any other, come on, you, you, this is your time to shine. You got all the research, so you got to start asking all the questions. Okay, so why why did you pick this movie? Why did I pick this movie? Yeah. I wanted to make you watch a three-hour-long movie about Irish people. If I'm being totally honest. It's kind of on theme for the month. I mean, I'm dating an Irishman, so... Yes, yes you are. And to continue the point, yeah. You just wanted me to watch a three-hour movie. Basically, yes. Another Scorsese I, I, film. I see how it is. Okay, so who's your favorite character in the film? Oh, God. Um... Daniel Day-Lewis's character, William Cutting. The Butcher. Yeah. Uh, mostly because the performance is amazing. Daniel Day-Lewis is so good in this movie. He is. I mean, and, I, I wasn't seeing Daniel Day-Lewis. I was seeing hmm. The Butcher. And he's also, he's playing, he's technically playing a fictional character that is heavily, heavily inspired by a real person. Yeah. I think the guy's real name was William Poole. Yes. Also known as William, William the Butcher Poole. Yeah. And, um... It's really, it's really interesting because he was also um, ruled ruled over the Five Points in New York back in like roughly this time period. Granted, he he died years before this, but yeah, that's a whole thing. He died before the riots, like maybe two or three years. Yeah, so it, it's one of those things where his character is heavily based on it, and also his accent is actually apparently 100% accurate to the time, which is really cool. That and um, he also studied Walt Whitman. Oh, yeah. one of the few, the like, re- voice recordings. recordings of him, yeah. And he kind of built that character accent off of that. So I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, he used somebody from New York and just kind of ran with it. And now and he's... also, uh, at least his accent's pretty solid. And then you have poor Leo. Poor Leo. Yeah, poor I mean... Poor Cameron Diaz. Poor Cameron Diaz. Yeah, I mean, every time Leo would talk, it sounded like he was transitioning into Titanic or Romeo and Juliet. Where it, it sounds like Leo. It doesn't sound like, it, well, uh, like an Irish accent underneath it. Th- that's the thing. Like, he... Because um, in the movie, he they explain it's like, oh, yeah, me family's from Kerry, but because of, you know, I grew up in America, the accent's pretty much gone. And, that, I'm like, and he also it, spent the 16 years in the... In Hellgate, which is yeah. an orphanage. And But that's, like, the whole thing where he's still trying to put on an Irish accent, mm-hmm. but the Irish accent, you can tell, is, like... It's like a stage accent where it's not really supposed to be very accurate to a region or accurate to a thing. It's just like, oi, I'm going to start talking like a like a good old Irish boy now. Hoi to toy to toy. And then we get Cameron Diaz where anytime I, I heard her talk, I kept thinking of Fiona from Shrek. Yeah. it's And it was also kind of like... Is Cameron Diaz good in this movie? 
I mean, there's some instances where she does look period appropriate. Mm. But the rest of the time, I was just thinking, yeah, that's Cameron Diaz. It, it was a thing where she didn't disappear into her role. I, mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing of, like, you, you cast certain actors of a certain yeah. a certain look or caliber or whatever. And it's hard for them. It's hard for you as an audience person yeah. to not see them as that actor or that person. Yeah, but because... then it's like, I gotta try. Because, Be- you know. Because... Early fun fact, guys, Sarah Michelle Gellar was originally slated to be Jenny in this movie. Well, you know, and um, because Jim of... Belushi was going to be uh, William Butcher. That's how that's how long this movie was in production. You just Belushi blew was alive one of my trivia facts. Thank you very much. That's my job. You know, I'm going to flex on you with no, these don't, facts. No, don't flex on me. I, I did the research. But, yeah, you know, I could have seen Sarah Michelle Gellar kind of transition into this character. Yeah, but it, it it's I one of those know. things where Cameron Diaz she does a she does a fine job. It's yeah, just she's a good actress, but the the accent, how she carries herself in the scenes, just doesn't feel right. Yeah, and she's also one of these actresses where it's like she is Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it's her her for, range yeah. as an actress is I'm playing myself with certain aspects of mm-hmm. myself turned up to eleven. Which works for some some actors. You yeah, know, there's the, nothing wrong with it, but when you do when you're doing a period piece like this, you kind of have to disappear. Yeah, yeah. Like speaking of actors like that, like The Rock is very much that kind of an actor where yeah. he is playing basically The, the Rock, Rock, but he's just turning up certain aspects of his personality, the goofy part up to eleven or the serious part up to this. And yeah, that that's kind of like how that person acts. And then you have Daniel Day Lewis, who is like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hunt wild game to be uh, into character while I'm doing Last of the Mohicans." Or you know, I'm gonna go apprentice with a butcher before I start filming this movie, so that I can you know really become really the understand butcher. how to be a butcher. Mm-hmm. And then you find out he only had two scenes where he was butchering anything. Yeah, dedication, dedication to the role, but. So yeah, the the acting in the movie is, I think that might be a reason why some people don't like this movie. Is some of the acting is it, it's like 50/50 acting kind yeah. of kind of thing where it's all it's all serviceable, it's all working, it's just sometimes it doesn't land Mm-mm. right. I don't know. It's one of these movies that's hard to like emotionally invest. Yeah, cuz I mean, I really didn't connect to it. There's some, you know, period pieces where it's like you really feel for the characters and this one it's kind of like I felt more for, like, the Irish and the African-American people mm-hmm. as wholes. Yeah. But, Be- like, but like our supporting, or our, our cast, you know, our main cast, I was kind of like, I really can't connect with you. Because it, it, overall, it's a revenge story. Yeah. Right? I, and it's like, you know, I, I totally understand that. I, I get that Leo's, you know, out to get the butcher. But it was just like, okay, it's like, you could have killed him then. Oh, wait, you could have killed him right now. Well, it's the thing where Leo is going in, or Amsterdam, he's going in to kill William Butcher because he killed his father, mm-hmm. Father Valen. And once he gets there, he's, you know, he has to get close to the Butcher to get his opportunity. And yeah. then as he's doing that, he starts to, like, the Butcher takes him under his wing. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like he gains a father figure. But the father figure is the person he intends to, to kill Because for he killed revenge. his real father. And you, you see that struggle in Leo. That it's kind of like, I'm enjoying having a father figure. But at the same time, you took my father from me. 
So it's the struggle of, I want to kill you, but I, there's like a tiny part of me that doesn't want to kill you. It's the thing where, like... I, I hate your I hate you tremendously, but god damn it, I respect you too much to leave. Yeah. And it's Yeah, it, it's a very that's an interesting emotional dynamic of the film, which I think is that's kind of the whole point of it, right? Because that's yeah. like where the plot tends to revolve around, and it's pretty mild because we also have a whole other thing about the the civil war, like draft yeah. riots, which I'm like how how necessary do we need this, right? Or, so, or the whole thing of, like, Boss Tweed is so, in this. Since you, you said the plot, why don't we give everyone a rundown of the plot? This is your movie, so yeah. tell everybody what this movie's about. So this movie is about the dead rabbits gang going to war with the American natives. Not mm -hmm. Native American, the American, the American Federation, or the Federation of American Natives, which are all the all the white people who said america is my land now but before this they were just calling themselves the natives because they feel like you know this was their land when no when no you, you stole this from the actual natives that well, were here it, were here i'm not uh, okay to, 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 for the hot take you know stole is a strong word there was like wars fought over it and you know Bruh, pe people were already living here, and then yes, other people just, the you other know, half of my people were yes, living here. Mine half, too. I'm half so, Irish, half American, Native American, and I get that. Same. But like, you know, so it's like it's kind Alexander of hard to the call Great conquered it, how much of the known world? Yeah, you know, people get conquered. It fucking happens. The Irish got conquered. Yeah, but it's like you know, can't really call yourself a native when it, you know you're a, not native. It's of a this very country. yeah, it's a very problematic thing. Yeah. But then again, you know, and then it gets he, you know, it gets more fancy of a title once we get you know jump like sixteen years into the future. Yeah, but the whole the whole thing. So he's finding off the the American natives, and their whole thing is they're very angry with um, immigrants coming over mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. Uh, mostly the Irish, because around this time, uh, potato famine kicked in, so there was a huge influx of Irish immigrants to New York, as well as, you know, Chinese, and um, I'm trying to think of all the... Basically, all of Europe, plus China, yeah. started immigrating to America in droves in the mid to late 1800s. Yeah. American natives are like, no, we don't want that, and there's a big war, and Butcher kills Father Valen, who's the leader of the Dead Rabbits, and all the Irish gangs. Played by Liam Neeson. Played by Liam Neeson for, like, no reason. Liam Neeson is in this movie for, like, five minutes. Yeah, Liam Neeson's awesome. I, yeah, exactly. And his son, who is Amsterdam, is like, I'm gonna get revenge, but he gets sent off to an orphanage and lives there for 16 years, comes back, and the rest of the two hour, two and a half hours is him plotting his revenge, trying to get close to the Butcher... And the documentary of the day-to-day -day life of poor Irish immigrants in the Five Points in New York. Until there's a giant draft riot because the Civil War is also happening. And then that's the, basically the plot of the movie. And I can go into more detail, but it's kind of, that's the plot of the movie. That is the plot of the movie. Yeah, I just gave you the setup, what happens for the next two hours, and then the climax is, you know. I'll, I'll spoil it for a almost a 20-year-old movie. Leo kills the butcher at the end and then he feels bad about it the dust settles over new york and then there's a whole thing of oh the civil war ended and this is how new york kind of was and yeah. then it kind of evolved out of it but it's you know it's still the same place yes it is yeah 
that's there you go that's gangs in new york see you next week <laughs> we'll see you next week at the film club but yeah so uh, yeah any other things you want to go on because that, that's basically the plot of the movie yeah that, that's you can the... only repeat that so many times no i know that that's the plot of the movie um how did you feel about the struggle between the butcher you know kind of taking uh, leo under his uh, amsterdam under his wing oh it's perfect that it, it's and a great it's a once sorry. he realizes that you know amsterdam's really out to get him it's this you know internal struggle of you know i'm gonna destroy you because you crossed me but you're kind of like the son that i never had it's just it's a it's kind of a beautiful dynamic yeah that's the master that's the masterwork of the, of the story because on paper oh man there's some cool themes going on it's a cool like revenge story and it, it's also tried and true you know tropes things like that yeah oh the guy i'm assigned to kill oh no now now we're like best friends ah the struggle of do i do it or do i not and it's a very interesting setting very interesting characters and it's it's, it's serviceable it's very good and how a, a jealous you know Johnny ruined everything for Amsterdam and his plans. Should have killed Johnny like ten. Should have just like not interacted with Johnny at all. Like really, Henry Thomas, you gummed up the works for Amsterdam in this movie. Ruined, ruined the plans. Because I mean, he was, he was on the course. I, we can't really tell if the butcher was on to him. He wasn't. And you know, he had no idea until Johnny told him. Johnny tells him and. It really screwed things up for Amsterdam and his plans of eventually killing the butcher. Well, I think he was always planning on doing it, but then he's like, "Yo, I'm making a lot of money working for the butcher. I'm doing pretty good for myself working for him. He kind of likes me. He's he's not all that terrible of a to guy. me. To okay, all, not all that terrible to me. It that's basically what's going on here." It, it's it's basically Scorsese made a mob movie before there was a mafia. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there. It always comes back to Goodfellas, people. Great movie. Great movie. But yeah, so. And you know we have uh, Boss Tweed in the movie. Who... For no reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I see why they put him in there because he's kind of like you know. He owned New York for like a couple decades he owned new york and you know with one hand he's welcoming in people that are arriving to new york for votes yeah because that's that's all he sees you know with these immigrants you know these are all voters they can you know keep me in office and uh we have the butcher that's like i can't stand these people but at the same time you know i can make them work for me well yeah they can make them work for me and also boss tweed wants them and you know it's really nice to have a politician in your pocket yeah. It's kind of nice. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, so there's, you know... The, why is he in this movie, though? I mean, I get I get it because he's he's an insight into how deep the Butcher's, like, powers go. Like, if you own five mm -hmm. points, you can you own so much New York, and yeah. it's a huge influence thing. Boss Tweed also was a legit, like, historical character that would have interacted with people like this. And to show that politics have always been sloppy, it's nothing current, it's just, it's gone, you know, so far back. Yeah, and it's, it's so, like, weird, though. Like, why is he... I'm just wondering, are the birds historically accurate? All those birds that he had in his office. Was he, like, a bird collector, or... I don't know. It was just weird. I, I know! There's some weird shit in this movie. 
It's yes, this movie is very weird and it's also like really cool. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is your pick, so yeah. No, I still here's the that this is one of those movies where why is this in here? I don't know, but it's kind of cool. This makes no sense, but it's it's kind of cool. That's yeah. basically this movie. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just kind of cool, and I you know I enjoy it. It's very well acted for the most part. Yeah. And there's interesting characters, and you know. It's fun. It's a fun movie, basically. Yeah, so originally this movie was conceived in 1978 when Scorsese, you know, first read the book about the riots and everything. And like you had said earlier, he wanted uh, John Belushi to play the butcher, Dan Aykroyd to play uh, Amsterdam Valen. Also, uh, is. Who else did he would have? That, would that just meant this would have been a comedy? Blues Brothers, 18, whatever year this is taking place, 64. I think that's when we first start with this movie. I think that's when... 1846 is 46. when the movie when, starts. When Priest Valen dies. When Priest Valen dies. But then the rest of the movie... The rest of the movie takes place in, 80, in 62. 1862. Okay. But, yeah, it's like... I can't see them being serious. Yeah, it would have just been a comedy, right? I mean, go Blues Brothers. Exactly. Wasn't it like 10 years later, he's like, fuck it, we'll get Martin Sheen and Robert De Niro in this. 10 years later, or, yeah, it was probably 10 years later, he wanted Mel Gibson to be Amsterdam and William Defoe to be the butcher, which would have probably I'm, been... <laughs> I'm kind of down. Yeah. I'm like, I, I really would like to see William Defoe chewing scenery as the butcher. That would have oh, been, yeah. that would have been like amazing. Because Daniel Day-Lewis is chewing scenery oh yeah he like don't get me wrong daniel d lewis one of the finest actors of our time mm -hmm. but this guy is oh chewing the scenery like it had like tabasco on it he is hungry for that shit oh yeah definitely and i mean <sighs> okay if you can go back and have that version with willem dafoe but that means you get rid of this version would you take it? I mean, like, I because it would have been like Willem Dafoe, like the the eighties or nineties, right? Probably, maybe late eighties. Like late eighties, early nineties. So yeah. when he, what basically when he made the Last Temptation of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I, I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't know which one would be better, because this, because let's be honest, the Gangs of New York. This movie cost a shit ton of money to make i mean to the point where scorsese and leo had to take huge pay yeah. cuts and the movie is and you can tell like there's not a lot of cgi in the movie the no it's just this massive set that was bit, built in italy yeah so that you could feel like you are walking through the five points in new york in the 1840s mm -hmm. so i mean that in itself is cool and kind of funny that, you know, George Lucas went to go visit the set, and he was just First kind of thing like... thing he said, we can make all of these on computers, you know? Which is, you know, yes, technically true, but there is there is just something about, you know, doing it the old Hollywood way where you build the sets and you really feel like you are immersed in this world. It's also just better for the actors and everything, because then it's like, oh, I'm in an actual environment, I'm not playing in front of a green screen. Mm -hmm. I can actually see my um i can actually see my you know the other actor and i'm not looking at his face when there's a tennis ball floating over his head so 
yeah. that or you're able to kind of tap into what your character should be feeling of you're stuck in this city mm. where you really aren't going to progress unless you go into a building when it's on fire and steal whatever you can to give it to your boss who gives it to a bigger boss. And then Everybody, you, it, you, know, you gotta yeah. do the kickbacks. Which, I mean, I kind of did like that they showed um, how the firehouses used to fight each other at fires. Yeah, that, that's actually... The, the weird thing is a lot of this movie is is historically accurate mm -hmm. while being way over the top. Like, yes, it's very extra. Yeah, yeah. You like saying extra a lot, but yeah, this movie is historically... is very historically accurate. It's just really over the top for some, for some parts. Like, most of the gang names, I think almost all of them except maybe like a few were real gangs yeah and the fact that they were actually able to go back to like sketches and drawings from the time and get like the the clothing and Theory, the weapons right. Clothes, the weaponry, weapons yeah i thought that was cool it's a nice touch mm -hmm. it's cool to see that you know even back way back in the day you know people were still dressing to their style of their gang mm-hmm so you were able to kind of, you know, tell like, oh, that, yeah. that's a dead rabbit, that's a, a native. I'm trying to think of some of the other gangs in the movie, but... Oh, there's there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and th it's the whole thing where everyone's a thief in in this movie. <laughs> yeah, just the five points, it seems like everyone's, you know... It was, it's the, just, it was the rough part of town. You know, full of debauchery, and there's brothels, and there's murders out in the middle well, of the Well, I street. mean, if you go to five points down the road from my house, yeah, it's basically <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, it's a little rough at our five points, not too far away from us. Yeah. Um, also cool. Oh, I got a fun fact for you that you might Shoot. not know. So, you know where the name Dead Rabbits come from? Yeah, I remember seeing it somewhere, but why don't you tell us? Yeah, so Dead Rabbits is, uh, is kind of this weird colloquial thing for, like... American slang and like Irish and native like Irish um, mm -hmm. Gaelic, which is a native language of Ireland, and it's important because the the main gang that Valon is a part of that you know falls and then re revives so he can challenge the butchers called the Dead Rabbits, and rabbit in um, Gaelic is actually pronounced. Everyone's like Rahavit or yeah. Rabbit or something weird like that. Yeah. I one I don't speak Gaelic fluently. I barely read it. Yeah. But it's pronounced something like that. And what it means is man meant to be feared. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're supposed to fear this man. And dead in old American, like, slang, it's like, oh, very, you know. It's like, oh, man, you're 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 dead wrong, dead right. You're, you know, very wrong, very right. Yeah. So by dead rabbits, it's like a, a very much a man to be feared. Yeah. So I mean, it's a really interesting little, little fun fact about language and shit. That is. you know, America is a melting pot of a lot of weird stuff. It is. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, what, I mean... What else do you... <laughs> uh, one of my main facts that I thought you were going to say was... Or, and it's also, you know, a main fact that a lot of people know about this movie. That uh, Daniel Day-Lewis wore a glass piece over his eye. Yeah, so... Because the butcher is supposed to have a glass eye in the movie. And Daniel Day-Lewis is a crazy person. So, he put a, a an opaque glass um, contact lens over. So, he mm -hmm. actually couldn't see out of it. Yeah. And he learned to tap his eyeball with a butter knife no with like a real knife like that that knife is sharp like no i know but didn't he practice with like a butter knife and I then he, he probably progressed he to practiced something? with a butter knife and then he progressed up to like a like a butcher knife meat cleaver dagger stuff like that so he can so he was able to tap his glass eye with it yeah and i'm like you sir are actually insane uh you're no you're not allowed at my barbecues i mean the fact that you know he stayed in character throughout production Leo and Scorsese were able to, you know, convince him to go out to lunch with them 
and he scared their waitress because he was he in was, character. He was a character. And he's just a very intimidating human being. And yeah. I was just like, "Damn, you're doing such a good job." But you know, but that is the main reason you should watch this movie is yeah. Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Oh, definitely. That's that's basically why you watch this movie. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't win any of the Oscars it was nominated for. It was nominated for like how many? Ten? Something like that. It's a ridiculous amount of Oscars. Actually, I have it right here. Yeah, ten. Yeah, including, including best, best picture. picture. It was nominated for ten ten Oscars. Yeah, Didn't win a damn thing. I mean, you know, if someone's gonna win it, I would think, you know, at least Daniel Day Lewis for that performance. I I would just need to know what was in two thousand two, but yeah. Yeah, we'd have to look it up. But what was your favorite scene in the movie? Or do you do you just like it as a whole or uh favorite scene is probably it ha it has to be when Fallon's Fallon misses the butcher. So so there's there's the thing where I know it's probably been used in like Game of Thrones and a lot of fancy stuff, but it's a very old saying that's used a lot is when you come at the king, don't miss. Mm-hmm. Where if you if you come at somebody who's got power and you're gonna like, you know, kill him or do something bad to him, never miss. Like you because if you miss then you're dead. Yeah. And Fallon he makes his his attempt on the butcher's life at the big kind of weird Uncle Tom playhouse thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, throws the knife, the butcher's wax it, and it's this big whole thing, and he's yelling at him, and it's this really weird and intense moment in the movie where you see the butcher want to kill Fallon for, like, betraying him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, he just brands him as as a liar, as a thief, as, as a dog, and all this other stuff. And I feel that is the butcher knowing that he he does he can't kill him because he's the closest thing he has to like a son or somebody he's ever trusted. Yeah. And the butcher knows that he's just gonna come back and kill him again. But it, I think it's the whole thing because the butcher is looking for another another great enemy to fight because he yeah. killed after he killed Father Valen in the beginning of the movie. He basically just ran New York. He's never had another challenger to the throne. No. And he finally has a new challenger, and he's like, um, you know what? I want to see. I want to see how this kid works out now that now that he knows who the fuck he he's dealing with. Yeah. And I like that scene because it kind of sets up the whole last last section of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Fallon gets you know, Amsterdam gets revitalized. He's going back into it. He he revives the dead rabbits because now he knows I I can't do it myself. Yeah. Like this isn't you don't come at the king and you don't come at the king like that. Like this isn't a thing where oh I can kill the butcher and I get what I want. I have to I have to defeat the 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 natives. I have to get the gang back together. I have to basically become the king of New York. Also you have to unite the five points. You have to unite the five points, which is the thing. That that was the whole thing about the butcher is he ruled under fear. He's like I I'm the baddest guy on the street. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the gang. I'm the gang leader of New York, mm-hmm. and everybody fears me. They're, that's the only reason they're following me. Fallon's like, hey, you know, all all the immigrants, everybody, you know, New York is changing, the world is changing, mm-hmm. we're not like this. So it, it's a very interesting and good part of the movie, and I like that particular scene where basically it's, it's the butcher, like, torturing Amsterdam for, like, a couple of minutes, yelling, you know, soliloquy and mm-hmm. monologuing, you know, again, over the top. Yes. Maximum over the top. But it's so good because it sets up the rest of the movie. I, that scene is great. I like that scene. What about you? Well, mine's not going to be as eloquent as 
your speech that you just went on right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not, that was not eloquent. I rambled a lot, but I got you. So, I can't think of what the character's name is. He's the bald guy that's with the butcher. He's, um, <sighs> he was part of the Dead Rabbits. I know who you're talking about, yeah. Uh, uh, his McGloin. name is McGloin. So, when McGloin goes into the Irish church and oh, Amsterdam is God. in there with, you know, his crew and, you know, he starts, you know, throwing some obscenities out there about one of the crew members that is there and he's just you know yelling and there's screaming. a n-word in the church yes there's an african-american man in the church and he is just you know going ape shit over the fact that he's in the church and he's you know screaming obscenities and the the father of the church shows up and he turns around father this man is in the church and the father just wallops him on the side of the head with a giant crucifix and then you jump to when him and the butcher and the natives are coming down the street and he just has this huge head wrapping, you know, from yeah. the, the giant bump one, that he has. It's one of the funniest bits in the movie and it's ju it's just flies right by. I mean, I love so comedies, good. so of course I'm going to go to something comedic, but I just mm. thought it was hilarious that he was just going ape shit over this. And then he turns and sees the father and he gets serious. Father, this is happening. And then just... Bam! Yeah, knocked his ass I out. Al I almost forgot. Okay, so remember, this is this is a weird ta tangent, but okay, remember how uh, a couple of days ago we went to Target and I was talking to you about like the UFC and all that stuff. Yeah. So remember, I was mentioning like, oh yeah, the only thing that was banned in the old ones was like eye gouging and fish hooking, right? Yeah. Now, now you it ties yeah. in because Amsterdam and McGloin get into a big like scuffle or whatever. And really I, early I in love the movie. that they went, you know, to the old traditional stance of you know, come on, put your dukes up, that kind of you know, the that kind old, of fighting, oldest style boxing photos. Mm -hmm. That's how they're fighting. Yeah. And then they fight, they wrestle to the ground, and Amsterdam tries to fish hook McGloin, mm -hmm. and I was like. And you're like, that that probably doesn't hurt. I'm like, no, boo, that's, like, really bad. Well, I didn't say it probably didn't hurt. I just said, ew, why would you stick your fingers in someone else's mouth? But as Because soon as you I, win the fight. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, we were just talking about that. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It, it is good stuff. But, yes, you do see a fight between Amsterdam and McLoin, and that kind of shows the butcher, you know. This kid's got moxie. He's got moxie, kid. Mm-hmm. And this movie, this movie, it's got moxie. moxie. <sighs> but right. it, it was kind of sad to see, you know, Amsterdam's coming back from, you know, basically being imprisoned for 16 years because he does state that he tries to escape, but they keep him in. Yeah, because he's stuck at this Hellgate um, orphanage, orphanage in upstate New York or mm -hmm. something. And, you know, he comes back to the Five Points and he sees people that were close to his father taking on different, you know, roles than, you know, who they really are. Just like it, uh, John C. Riley, who plays uh, Happy Jack. It, it that's the it's a whole thing about um, becoming Americanized, mm -hmm. right? You know, you you know, you immigrate from in this case Ireland, come to America, and you're supposed to you know to become American. You're supposed to like leave the past behind and and just become an American. And you know that that's kind of. The, the thing, Amsterdam's coming in and he's like, I remember, you know, when, when the Irish were Irish yeah. and not, you know, oh, you're, you're a cop now, you're this now, blah, 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 blah. And it, it's a really interesting thing. Like he's trying to, to regain, or he's letting people regain that old, um, Irish, you know, mentality, heritage thing. It's another thing about like Irish heritage. Like we're talking about Lucky the Irish last week. Yeah. It's another weird little theme in this movie, but granted, fun fact the Irish are uh, are real are apparently in like 
in U.S. history, the Irish have been really good at just kind of sliding into roles as police officers and mm-hmm. firefighters and politicians for some reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing I thought really was cool was Hellcat Maggie. She's a real person. Yeah. That was a real human being. Yeah, I thought that was cool. No they had her in the anything movie. About I mean, I guess she lived to be 25, but seeing that, you know, I mean, she just kicks some serious ass. It's like, yeah. I figured you would like her. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, when I was doing my notes, I'm like, okay, I wonder how she's going to actually be when I see her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I would be very much afraid of her if I were to come across her in a fight. But, but yeah, I, I thought that was very cool that they added that from, you know, history. Um, pretty much like you were saying, you know, the Irish arrive and they... In this movie, they exaggerated it with, you know, we'll give you your citizenship right now, but also at the same time, you got to sign up to join the army, and that was... we're going to put you on another boat, and it's no, like... No, that, that was that was real. My 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 great-great-great-great-grandfather who came over to to the United States, that's, that is literally how we know when he came, because his citizenship paper and his un, in his um paperwork to sign up for, like, the, the Union Army or whatever... Mm-hmm. Are dated the same day. Yeah, but yeah, what, that's that shit's real. But what it did was, if you signed up at the same time, it would expedite it from five years to one year. Yeah. So, but it, I don't think it was, or from you know some like vlog diaries that I've watched, you know, it wasn't like okay, well, you just hopped off the boat, signed the paperwork, and now we're putting you on another boat. It was like they gave them a little bit of time to, okay, you got to go serve this country now if you want to be a part of it well that that's another thing because um i think even still to this day if you serve in the u.s army um you're given citizenship yeah yeah um which is cool by the way it is cool go go america uh but yeah i i think that i think we we kind of round this one out uh so (laughs) i mean this is your movie so it is my movie but you know like it's it's a long movie. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. I think we hit all the points. Yeah, uh, for, you know, for Jenny Everdeen, played by Cameron Diaz, when I guess they were trying to decide, like, for the 80s version with, like, Willem Dafoe and Mel Gibson. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, let's see. I've got the list. Christina Applegate, Kate Beckinsale, Kristen Dunst, Eliza Dushku, Heather Graham, Bryce Dallas Howard, Alyssa Milano, Natalie Portman... Christina Ricci, Winona Ryder, and Mina Suvari. I've never heard of her before. We're all considered to play Jenny Everdeen. Which, by this list, I'm guessing maybe it was more for this movie? Probably, yeah. Because yeah. that's starting to sound like it's getting way closer to like, oh, wait, no, those people were... Yeah, because Bryce Dallas Howard, if they were trying to do this in the 80s, would have been what? Like 10? 11 maybe maybe i don't know i mean it's kind of so it was probably like they were trying to do this and that's a weird eclectic list yeah Eh. and from this lot i don't really see who would be cameron diaz was actually the best actress they could have gotten for this what the fuck i mean i i would think you know maybe winona Ryder. mostly because you wanted to see like beetlejuice and and titanic merged together in this film no she's for a... your six degrees of kevin bacon scenario no i just love winona Ryder, but yes, she's also she's also a great actress too so it's like she's able to kind of dive into these roles so i think she could have you know dove into being a pickpocket who was it probably picked up... been... 
I feel like I don't know if it would have been a better performance or just been a different performance. It would have been a more serious performance because it's... It, the whole dynamic between Jenny Everdeen and Amsterdam, you know, he's like, they both want to get together and, you know, he keeps asking her if, you know, have you been with the butcher? And she keeps telling, you know, that's none of your business. And he just, you know, up and leaves every time. But I, I feel like maybe with a more serious actress, it, it would have felt... I think it's... There's a real issue with the performance there. I think it's just an issue with... They're playing off of each other, and it's not... I don't even know. I don't even know. It's just... I, fe- I feel like they just... The two of them have no chemistry. No, no chemistry. Like, they just, like... I mean, you get more depth once you find out more of her story because Jenny Everdeen's a pickpocket. I mean, for Scorsese to hire a, a pickpocket, the, yeah, a yeah, real the, one, the best one, you know, from Italy to teach her how to pickpocket was kind of cool. But we hear that you know the butcher kind of took her in and took care of her, and it's like you're supposed to see like the butcher does have a softer side, even though we do see it with Leo. But it's kind of like they're trying to show that maybe there is a redeeming quality in the butcher. And then you find out that he forced her to have a, yeah. have her baby cut out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. And the fact that, you know, he doesn't, you know, mess with women that have scars. And it's just like, ouch. Kind yeah. of a dick. <laughs> kind of a dick. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to talk about this movie? Yeah, I got nothing. Like, I've honestly... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's a good movie. I dig it. I think it's fun. It's, there's parts in it that are real bad and there are parts of it that are real good. And it's one of those things where, again, Scorsese has never made a bad movie and this is not a bad movie. What did you think about the ending scene when, um, Amsterdam goes to visit his father's gravesite? And they leave the, the, and do they bury the butcher right next to him? Yeah, the butcher's buried right next to him, but we see how New York evolves from and it's that period thing... to 2001 before this movie comes out. Yeah, I, it's amazing because it's, it, it's the whole passage of time and it's the comment that New York is, I guess, traditionally the the city of America. It's the it's the a number one city. America starts and ends in New York and it's constantly york, changing new, yeah it's constantly changing but new york was built on on blood on wars on dirty deals on these gangland fights and we have forgotten it but new york ever evolving ever changing it's keeps on trucking yeah it's a good i think it's a really good ending i think that ending shot it's like it Again, it's things like, man, there's no chemistry between Cameron Diaz and Leo. Man, there's some weird, like, acting choices going on. Why is this Why is this guy in this movie? What is going on? And then it's like, fuck me, that's just a gorgeous shot. Or, Jesus Christ, like, the flow and the dynamic of the of the story from this point on is just, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, man, this sequence is, is wonderfully done. It's one of those movies that is just kind of all over the place in terms of, like, what's going on, but it's all good it's all fun it's all kinds of fun yeah i think that was my favorite sequence of the movie when it ended and it just you know it went quiet and you just see the transition of new york from when their story ends to modern day Mm. but yeah that was gangs of new york that was gangs of new york and it was a fun wild ride and we tried to 
Tried to keep this under, you know, 15 hours like the movie. Yeah, I was really worried this was going to be like a two, three hour episode. God, no. God, no, I wouldn't let it go that long. I like I like getting food after these. Me too, because I'm hungry. Me too. So, why don't you tell everybody what's up for next week, and then we can get out of here. Alright, so next week is the beginning of April, and our episode actually lands on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Oh no, shit. Yeah, so I thought, what would be the best kind of comedic, pranky kind of movie. So we're going to be watching A Night at the Opera by the Marx Brothers. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Never seen it. I know you haven't seen it. This is something that I watched for the first time in high school, and I fell in love immediately with the Marx Brothers after (laughs) that. So be prepared for a very good time next week because there's going to be a lot of one-liners, pranks, just chaos. And I cannot wait. Me either. So if you want to follow us on social media, you could find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you want to follow us or listen to us on a different platform other than the one you're listening to us on right now, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and just about any platform that plays podcasts. And And would you like to pitch your... uh... Yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to more of me um, in... Talking about movies, maybe in a little different kind of context, you can listen to me at the Double Feature Podcast and the Tube Skew for TV Podcast. Both of those you can find on Anchor FM, Spotify, all those fun podcast sites, as well as the YouTube channel In The Frame. So, we'll see you next week at the Film Club. Peace.